Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, we're talking with purpose and productivity coach Trudy Simmons. Trudy has 20 years of experience in helping people move from being stuck and not knowing their next step to getting things done. She helps entrepreneurial and business women work out what they want to do, why they want to do it, and how to get it done by finding and harnessing their strengths and removing their weaknesses. Welcome, Trudy. I'm so glad you could join us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Millet. Now, before we jump into more about your business, I'd like for you to tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you like to do when you're not working. Sure. So um, I, at the moment, I'm in the UK, but I've been in Australia for the last 16 years. So one of the things that I love to do outside of coaching is traveling. (laughs) So uh, I've been traveling around for the last few years because I realized that I could have my business and have my cake and eat it too and have my business and travel the world. So I'm doing both. So that's what um, so that's what I'm doing. I have clients all over the world and I'm able to to see different places whilst I'm doing that. Oh, that's awesome. Now, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. It sounds like your journey is going to be pretty interesting. So I would love to know how long have you been coaching and what got you started in the business? I have had my own business for seven years. Um, I fell into coaching uh, because I had a big corporate career, as a lot of people do. And I realized I was helping a friend of mine with her business. And she said, we got done in three months what she'd wanted to get done for five years. Oh, wow. Because I just downloaded all this information from her brain and then made it into actionable steps and really took away all the gump that's around it so that we just got done what she actually wanted to get done. And then she said, God, I've got a friend of mine that really needs you. And off I went. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very lucky in that way. And uh, and a lot of my business has been built on word of mouth. So I've been very lucky in that way. Awesome. Well, now everybody knows that starting a business can have a whole lot of ups and downs. So can you tell us about a time maybe that you had a big disappointment or or a low point while you were building your business? Yes. And isn't this entrepreneurial ride a roller coaster? Exactly. It really is. It is the (laughs) highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And I, uh, one of my biggest, well, I actually love talking about this because in my brain, I call it a failure, but my heart says what a success. So I last year had a big event for 50 women entrepreneurs for two and a half days, 10 speakers, and I arranged the whole thing myself. Now, financially, it ruined me. It took just about everything I had. And I, I, I literally had to take a few months off afterwards because it just wiped me of all my energy. But I loved every single second of it. I wouldn't have changed one single thing. So that, and as I said, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, I I had that all culminating in that two and a half days where I was just, I was on the highest of high, but then I realized what I'd done because I I had been quite stubborn (laughs) in what I'd wanted and what I had had in my vision of what this event was. And I wasn't going to be deterred from doing it. So as much as there were sensible people around me trying to steer me in a sensible direction, I wasn't being sensible. (laughs) (laughs) So what got you into creating this event? 
Um, how did that all get started? It had been a dream of mine, I think, from a child. Um, I used to be on stage, darling. <laughs> um, so I always wanted to get back on stage. It's my happy place to be on stage helping people and mm. entertaining people. So I realized that I could do that with this business. And I'm also a facilitator and a connector. So to bring mm. that amount of women entrepreneurs into one place, it was just a dream that I wanted to get done for, I think, five years. And then uh, the year, one year before I decided I was going to do it and started putting the things in motion and just pulled it all together. Hmm. Hmm. And did you, did you feel like it was just too big of a job for one person or what do you think would have, would have turned that around and made it more beneficial for you? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I, the only failure disappointment of the event was the money side. Mm, and mm -hmm. I think that my mindset was very much around, number one, I'm not going to make money. And number right. two, uh, I'm not money driven. Right. So I had those two thoughts in my head the whole time. And part of that was me protecting myself from the fact that I was about to lose basically the deposit on a house. Ah. And that I, I it's bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so I just, uh, yeah, I couldn't get my head around. I would not see my head around uh, the money side of this event. Hmm. Well, that's really, that's interesting because I think that's, that's something that I hear a lot. People, you know, we all want to create something, mm. you know, cre create something amazing. And then getting into the realities of it, there's so many moving parts and, right. and so much that can, that can be challenging for us. And this is what I love from the learning of it is that I am so practical and so logical and analytical in everything that I do for clients, mm. but I just, I couldn't see my way clear for myself in doing this event. I wanted what I wanted. Right, right. And I was an absolute child in doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like dealing with a teenager. That's what my friend said. I just, I was stamping my feet and squeaming and squeaming and I wasn't having, <laughs> I wasn't having anything else. Mm. But like you said, it was a huge learning experience. And do you plan on doing more events? I'd love to. Uh, I would absolutely love to. And since I did this event, yeah, this was 50 women entrepreneurs and 10 speakers. There wow. was not one single complaint about anything. There was so much praise. And I'm not just saying that because it's me, although it is me. <laughs> I'm saying it because you know, in every event you go to, there's always one thing that people pick on, the food, the accommodation, blah, blah, nothing. And everybody said immediately, when are you doing this again? And I booked it in immediately for the following year. Mm. And then within a month, I had to cancel it because I just thought, what am I doing? I, I can't. I, I literally don't have the money to throw away to do this again right. without proper planning and and really taking myself to task in thinking, what do I want out of this? Because mm -hmm. it can't be a financial loss again. Right, right. Well, that's yeah, exactly because we all have to, you know, sometimes it's two steps forward and one step back just to reevaluate and yeah. see, you know, what the next best step is for us. Mm. You know, that whole idea of taking consistent action, um, a lot of times it, it takes a long time before we can actually catch a big break. So can you tell us about maybe a tipping point in your business, you know, when you felt like you were starting to gain some momentum? Uh, yeah, I... About probably three or four years ago now, I did a speech and it was the first time it was like I'd always done speeches. I'm fine being on stage. I'm happy public speaking. Um, but this 
was somebody had taught me to add in a personal story into what I was giving. And when I did that, it became a reality rather than a mask that Mm. I was wearing. So I wasn't able to act out, you know, be a different person on stage and just act out what I was helping people with. It was about me. Mm. And in that moment, I completely connected with the audience. And when I did that, I was so scared, which I hadn't been before because I'd been able to wear the acting mask. But the reaction from them was immediate. And my business grew so quickly. Hmm. That's interesting because when you started telling that story, I immediately went to, oh, you know, that makes sense. That'll make the audience connect with her. But I didn't even think about what you're saying, you know, that aspect of, you know, what it did for you. Hmm. It was it was mind blowing. I had never thought about because, as I said, my my brain is very uh, logical and analytical. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'd stuck with. I get shit done. Exactly. (laughs) Put my hand out. (laughs) I if you want a plan, I'll give you a plan. I can absolutely do that. But in those years, my mind had shifted from just being about logical and analytical to also being very much about empathy and giving people a virtual hug and support which is much more my personality, but I tried to separate them. Mm. Because in the corporate world, uh, the especially the male-dominated corporate world that I was in, they didn't want to know about the empathy and the um, conversational side of having a business. They wanted me to go and get the stuff done that needed to be done. So I had to retrain my brain. And in retraining it, I had to unlearn what I'd learned. And that was a tipping point. Mm. That's I awesome. literally yeah. regressed to being you know, 12 years old on the stage and just being me. Right. Well, just beginning to make that shift to, you know, the relationship uh, between mm. between people, the relationship between you and, you know, the, the audience or the your clients, you know, however, yeah. you, however you like to look at it. But that's, that's interesting because there's a lot of people these days that are making that, sh- that shift from, you know, being in the corporate world to wanting to jump into coaching to help people, but then maybe still having that mindset that they're carrying from the corporate world and really needing to, to dig into how do I relate to people? How can yes. I build these relationships? Yeah. And uh, one of the things that you and I were talking about earlier is that a lot of people go off to do coaching qualifications to go and learn how to be a coach. Fantastic. Do that to your heart's content. But you have to be able to connect with the audience. And if you're trying to tell people all the tools that you've learned without connecting with them, you're not going to get the same reaction. And is that what you want? Mm hmm. Well, yeah. Now, one thing about, you know, just taking the, the idea of, of being able to, you know, to, to shift from maybe a more corporate mindset to, you know, having that mindset of connection and relationships, you know, these different um, milestones or benchmarks that people hit as they go along their path of building a business. Um, what would be something that you would consider to be a, a favorite achievement or your biggest win? Definitely um, doing that first speech with mm-hmm. vulnerability. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's a very scary place for me personally. And when I held this two and a half day event, I gave four speeches and that was massive. And it felt like such, it's one of the proudest moments of my whole life to have done that much on stage time 
Mm-hmm. I like to say on stage, like I had cameras and lights and <laughs> <laughs> um, I had slides. <laughs> um, but to have that much on uh, on stage time and to really feel that energetic connection between me and the audience was the proudest I've ever been of myself. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. I would be too. Um, that would be mm. a big step uh, outside of a lot of people's comfort zone. So, yeah. so like you said, being on stage four times in two days, um, that's, that's really putting yourself out there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before we move on to the part of the podcast that focuses on the real action steps that coaches can take to start and grow their business, I want to talk about the future for just a second. What are you most excited about creating next in your business? I have so many things going on because this happened last year. And it kind of, I slumped for a good three to six months where I just, I traveled and I did very little. I had the enviable, I think, um, time of being able to really think or look at what I wanted to do next. And one of the things that I've always said is that I want to build a community uh, and facilitate all of these people knowing each other so that we can all recommend each other. And, and in that, I built a membership called the Crazy Daisy Clarity Club, <laughs> just because it sounds so adorable. Right. And my business is called the Daisy Chain Group. So the Crazy Daisy Clarity Club was born. <laughs> um, and that's just a monthly membership of bringing people together and having quarterly uh, in-person meetings to be able to really knuckle down to what you want to do for the next quarter. Hmm. So getting individual help that way to... Um, to get that consistent um, and constant contact with other people in person rather than always being online. I personally am sick of online because I'm a people person. I Mm. need to feel that connection. Yeah, that's interesting because I'm really an introvert and, Mm. and I rather enjoy being by myself. But after being by myself doing online business for several years now i'm finding that i'm wanting that sense of community yeah um that it's you don't even for people who who thrive in a more solitary environment i think that that just being in the internet space you have it, it just it's even more solitary yeah. than than just about anything else you can imagine because they're they're re- you really can go for days and days without any without talking to someone else uh mm. you know and and a chat box just isn't the same thing as no. talking <laughs> so and i'm a massive introvert as well which a lot of people don't believe because i can be out there i'm an introverted extrovert but sure. i need mm-hmm. that downtime i need to be alone to recoup and regenerate and but if you put me in front of people, I'll be the life and soul. So it's it's um it's uh, it's a fun way of being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's awesome. Um, I haven't. It seems like um, just of the coaches that that I know that I've talked to, um, membership sites are not um, not very prevalent out there. So that's a really cool idea. Right. And it's it seems like a great way. Seems like everybody's into Facebook groups, but mm-hmm. to have a membership site where you know, it is really engaged and it's a small community and you can begin to feel like you, you have friends and you get to know people, yeah, you know, that's, that's exactly that seems it. like, yeah, that seems like a great idea. And businesses are best built on word of mouth and friendships. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
So to have people in there, and it's run through a Facebook group as well, but that monthly membership, there's resources and everything on a website that you can go and help yourself to. And then that quarterly interaction with other people, Mm -hmm. very important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, we're moving into the part of the conversation that I really love. I want to talk about what's working right now in your business. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I like to stress to coaches is that there's a lot of different ways, online and offline, to make a living. Um, mm-hmm. So how are you generating revenue in your business today? One-on-one clients and their membership uh, and networking. Ne- Just thinking now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I arrange networking groups wherever I am in the world <laughs> because I like to build communities. Oh, that's awesome. So I just had one today, actually, because and that that gives me a lot to. So yeah, I I have networking groups that I run in person, and yeah, one on one coaching and the membership. Cool. So tell me a little bit more about the networking groups. Is that sort of like a meetup or? Yeah, it is exactly okay. a meetup. Okay. Yeah, Very yeah. I cool. just I ran, I started it up. I've just come over to the UK for a few months. I started it up in January and had four women turn up, and in February I had thirty five. Oh, wow. And then ever since then, it's been between 20 and 35. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Hmm. Love it. That's awesome. So you find that that's a, that's a great way for you to connect with people who could potentially be clients, but also a great way for other entrepreneurs or other coaches to connect with each other to, mm. to make friends and, and just make connections. Yeah, and to wow. recommend each other. It, one of the, I had a lovely lady contact me and say, I'd kind of do the same thing that you do. Can I still come? I don't look at people as competition i look at everybody and think how can i help you and how can i support you so everybody turns up with that attitude because that's what i instill in them only come if you're going to be like this and it's a very supportive environment well and it's it's a good you know even if if two people have the same sort of business there's Mm. always the possibility that that one person's going to get so much business they can't they can't handle it all and it's great to have people that you know that are that are doing the same thing that you trust that you could refer people to and everybody's different so one person might like me one person might not like me (laughs) (laughs) we're all different well and there's so many different nuances i mean even if you in a um you know a mindset coach for example you know there would there could just be so many different nuances to how you approach mindset it's mm. you know and, and and what an individual individual person actually needs and is looking for i think it would be really hard to to look at someone as competition absolutely yeah all right so the unstoppable coach family is made up of new and experienced coaches but the one thing that everybody has in common is that they all want to grow their business so what's your favorite strategy these days for bringing in new clients? Uh, definitely networking. But I would say that uh, Facebook Live is becoming a really big thing in our environment. And it's one of the things that I need to work a lot harder at. So I haven't done it a lot, but I've seen a lot of businesses that have um, that have really doubled their businesses very quickly through using Facebook Live. Now, do you feel like with Facebook Live that you have to already have an audience built in? Or is this something that, that someone who's a new coach could get started doing just with their, with their current friends? Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I think that it creates audiences from you doing that because you're putting yourself out there. They can see your personality. And not to get too technical, but on Facebook, what I've done is separated uh, the profile, my personal profile, so that I have a business list and a personal list. Mm. So I can put my Facebook Live out to my business list. 
Right. So that's just you. Right. Just utilizing the Facebook um, list so you can separate your friends from your business associates. Mm. And that way your your Facebook live isn't isn't slamming your friends with all of your business talk necessarily. It can just go strictly to the people that you feel like would be more in your tribe. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. That's a great idea. Mm. So knowing what you know now about building a successful business, what would you say is one action step that coaches should implement this week if they're serious about growing their business? I think that a lot of people try to run before they can walk. I think that a lot of people look at uh, businesses that have been around a long time and think they're an overnight success. And the one thing that I would love for everybody to do is be really clear and feel like they have clarity on what they want to do, not what they think they have to do or should do, so that that business is built on the solid foundation of their passion. Right, right. Yeah, so getting clear and... clarity. Right. So getting, getting clear and focused on what it is that you're wanting to put out there into the world. What they want to do, rather than us all getting stuck in the, the background and the... Uh, the stories we've grown up with of what we have to do and what we should do. Forget all Mm. of that. What do you actually want to do? Be absolutely clear on that and then be very passionate about it. Right. No, that makes sense because there's so many people, um, you know, even when – even when they're getting started, you know, even if they've taken that leap and say left a corporate job, mm-hmm. there's this mindset that, you know, you have to go to college, you have to take a job, you have to, you know, have the house and the kids and the dog. And, you know, everyone or most people grow up with that sort of, with that sort of mindset. And, even after making a shift into something like coaching uh, or like entrepreneurship, you have that in the back of your mind of, is this what I should be doing? You know, shouldn't yeah. I have, shouldn't I have that nine to five? Isn't that the right way? Yeah. And, and you can self-sabotage if you're not crystal clear on, on why you're doing it and, and what you want to do. Absolutely. And that you just hit the nail on the head as well. That is why I did that event. It made me so damn happy that why wouldn't I do it? Right. And that's why I came out of it thinking financial loss, so happy. Because <laughs> it was a complete oxymoron the whole way. Uh, oh, my goodness. Trudy, this has been awesome. I've learned so much from you today. Um, now, we're going to finish up with our final five rapid fire questions. Yes. So what's one habit or skill that's helped you to become unstoppable? Uh, rapid fire, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but probably being myself, honestly, just being myself. I'm not different with anybody. Awesome. What's one quality you think every successful coach should develop? Uh, find out how you best communicate with your audience and do it that way. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Do it your way. So whether it's writing, speaking, um, audio, podcast, whatever is your best way to communicate, do it that way. Mm, that's great. Um, recommend one book that's had a big impact on your business or on your life. The Big Leap, Gay Hendrickson. Oh, God, mm-hmm. Gay Hendrickson, I think it is. Yep. Um, the Big Leap. It uh, teaches about your zone of genius. And when I heard that, I realized that I'd hit on what mine was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. I've done I've done a couple of uh, 
Speaking of rapid fire, I'm going to go off off yep. topic here for a second. That's okay. Uh, speaking of that, I've done a couple of exercises where you where you look at you know your zone of genius, genius and excellence and you know competency and incompetency, and I found that it's so revealing when you actually sit down and tell yourself and admit to yourself what you don't like and what you're incompetent at. And then you look at how much of that you're actually doing. Yes. And, and if you're willing to give that up and you're willing to move up to, you know, what am I good at and what do I love to do? That's where it seems like the, the pieces begin to fall together. And absolutely. And I had to have somebody tell me what my gift was. Mm. And I had three people tell me before I did anything about it. Wow. Because I just, I didn't realize that everyone couldn't do what I do in downloading everything from your brain and then structuring it into actionable plans. So to have three people point it out, I also had someone say to me yesterday that it's actually a really hard thing to do for yourself. So if you want to find your zone of genius, then find someone that can help you to to really pinpoint what that is, because it mm. changes everything for you. Right. Yeah, it does. I agree with that completely. Now, give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you couldn't do business without. Can I give two? Sure. <laughs> um, I've got Basecamp, which I absolutely love. It's a uh, project management tool. Mm. It's free for one project. Um, and then it's not expensive for a monthly thing to have more than one project. I love it because it has lists and you can tick them off and it looks pretty. <laughs> So I love Basecamp and MindMeister, mm, which mm -hmm. is mind mapping. And so every time I have an idea or a thought or a project, I mind map it out first to see what it looks like. Um, and again, there's pretty colors. So I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, those are those are two good ones. I use Trello, which yes. I think is kind of similar to Basecamp, but yeah. I may check. I may check out Basecamp, too. Mm -hmm. That sounds good. Now, finally, how can listeners best connect with you? What social platform do you hang out on the most? And where can they connect with your website? My website is www.thedaisychaingroup.com.au. And on there, there's a free opt-in for uh, a 20-minute clarity formula, which you can do daily, uh, mm. which is very helpful. And I am always on Facebook. I have <laughs> I run a couple of Facebook groups. And uh, if anybody wants to come and friend me, they're welcome to do that because then they'll see my Facebook Lives, which awesome. I will start doing immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll be sure to get all of those links onto the show notes page so that everybody can find you online and they can um, get in on that clarity call. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. It was great. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.